0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast that's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
1: it's like this we often have these ideas that we are only worthy of something if like, there are these conditions this is the most important thing for people to learn to discern Okay, is this my shadow trying to sabotage or trying to, quote unquote, prevent me from experiencing my deepest evolution, what I know in my heart I I deserve or I really want or yearn to experience.
2: Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's going on, Coachable family? Welcome back to the Coachable podcast. Today is a very, very special day and i'm so grateful that you're here for this conversation because i can already sense that it's going to be a powerful one that's not just going to leave a mark on me but i know your heart uh, as well and provide clarity guidance direction reassurance that as much as you might be trying to figure out your life and your relationships you are on the right path and part of learning you know and and moving through life is being where you are in this moment right now. So I hope that you get so much from this episode because I am joined by Lorene Kren, um, an expert in feminine and masculine dynamics and energy, polarity, and relationships. And I am thrilled for the opportunity to share space with you, my friend, my brother. I don't know you, but I feel like I do and um, <laughs> create a space for magic to happen. That's kind of my intention for today and so I just want to say thank you for your generosity of sharing time with me and welcome to the
1: show. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah. So I have been following your work for quite a while and one thing that really I think I, I want to start this episode by sharing is just some things I've been noticing in my own experience as I have witnessed myself on my journey and witnessed myself as an observer of your work and kind of where I am today and just see where that, that takes us. you know, a lot of what you do is about helping us to come back to the truth of who we are and kind of get rid of the noise and the blockages that hinder us from experiencing deep love. And in my own personal experience, I have watched and witnessed myself and felt, whether it's through friendships, relationships, intimate partners. Um, just being in the stillness and the, the quiet of my own mind and heart and body of feeling into the deep at sometimes like blockages and things that you feel like it's keeping me from the love that I so greatly mm. desire and witnessing that happen habitually sort of in this pattern or cyclical way and kind of feeling things arise, whether they're in rem- typically in my intimate relationships, and feeling a familiar a familiar feeling. And whether that be, I feel alone in this relationship, or I feel unseen, or I feel like I want a certain closeness that I can't seem to achieve, or I do seem to achieve it, and then it feels like it's taken or it goes away. So I've watched and, and like felt these different aspects of myself over the years over time and i'm at a place in my life where i have quote unquote done a lot of work to remove those pockets. Mm-hmm. right and what i would love to sort of start to speak on if you could is what are those things like what why do we feel i don't think i'm the only one who feels at times there's something in between me and the love that I crave, love that I want to express, love that I want to feel, and maybe I don't know how to feel that in the fullness of and in, in that full capacity. Can you hmm. kind of talk about what blocks us from the love that we desire?
1: Hmm. That's a very deep and and very powerful question, and yeah, it's not easy to to describe this in words. And you mention it there, right? It's very subtle. It's very subtle but you feel it somewhere. You you notice it inside you and everyone does, whether they do any spiritual practice or any work around this or not. Um, what I will say here to make this as practical as possible is that most of us growing up, we have never seen someone experience deep love or deep intimacy on a sustainable basis. Yeah right? On a sustained basis. So we get kind of all of us, most of us conditioned that there's conflict or there's some push and pull dynamic or there is tension. and, and, And we really don't we really don't learn growing up that there is this thing which I refer to as deep intimacy and no relationship is, is perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. And there is always an, there is always a level of imperfection to anything in this life being human. That's just part of it. And that is a whole other topic, but we have never seen that. So we've never seen it and yet we crave it so deeply. And, now we become conditioned that, you know, it's for the Hollywood industry or whatever, whatever, right. That is, we just get conditioned from all areas. It's not specifically just one thing, but we get all these, 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 wrong ideas of, you know, when you find real love, then everything is going to feel amazing and everything is going to be perfect. And that's one of the greatest myths. Yes, of course. It's amazing when you find, let's say a conscious partner or someone who meets you in your heart's depth, but, when your nervous system, your body, your heart has never experienced deep and safe intimacy or has seen that someone experiencing on a sustained basis, then that feels very unfamiliar to us. It feels even uncertain to us. And for some people, it even feels like a threat to their to their nervous system, mm-hmm. right? And so it becomes this really challenging conflict within ourselves where we really want to experience that and that at the same time, we... We basically don't have the capacity, or have never cultivated the capacity, to actually be able to receive that, to actually be able to truly enjoy that in its true depth. Mm-hmm. And I always like to say this: if, if for someone, if someone wants to experience deep intimacy, they or deep or deep love, they need to cultivate the capacity to almost, so to speak, unlearn or teach their body and nervous system that deep and safe intimacy or love that, that is, that, 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 that is safe. That, mm-hmm. that is, I call it home. Sometimes I call mm-hmm. it our birth our natural state, the truth of who we are. You said it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, this is, this is, can be a very conflicting reality.
2: Yeah, it really can. It's all
1: about cultivating that capacity. And that takes a lot of practice in these moments. We have to really lean in and we're not being taught that this is not something we hear in a, this is not something we hear from other people. And that takes a lot of practice, a lot of practice. I like to say deep intimacy always comes with shadow work at first, for those not familiar with it with it triggering your wounds your insecurities Mm -hmm. and any feelings of unworthiness because you see the other thing around this is when we um to make it also even more practical when we deeply 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 desire something Um, then it starts to become a conflicting reality with any feelings of unworthiness we have. So at one point we feel like, oh, wow, I deeply, deeply desire this. But then there is also an inherent sense of unworthiness that most people have have been ingrained into their subconscious at some point growing up. So it becomes this very, and you said this very powerfully, this very conflicting reality.
2: Yeah, I feel this deeply, like in my core. Mm. And... I am coming off the cusp of a very intimate, deep experience. I don't know if you've seen Avatar 2 yet or if you have any. Not yet. I'm going to watch it
1: with my fiance. This, no, next week we're going to watch it.
2: (laughs) So it's, I, I watched it with my partner and it was a profound experience for both of us. Mm. and it brought up so many intense emotions for both of us and we got to really sit afterwards and talk about what those felt like and talk about what was active for both of us in that in that movie and and it gave both of us a glimpse into each other's reality in different ways it was it's really really beautiful and i feel like coming out of that experience one of the things that i Really took away from our conversation and discussion afterwards was one, there was an opening into intimacy because there was an opportunity to empathize and have compassion for each other's experience and get uh, sort of see through the eyes of each other instead of just from our own experience. And two, What it brought up for me was what you just said about unworthiness. There was a we were having a conversation, and he was, he was sharing with me how much he wanted to support me and my visions and my dreams and activate me to be able to go and express and to live in that power and to like be the fullest of who I am. And in that beautiful moment, I could feel this tinge of, I don't deserve that. Mm. I don't deserve that. And I expressed it. And I said, I don't know. There's a part of me that is feeling this. This is a deep, deep love. And there's part of me that feels like I would be indebted or that I need to repay you or that I don't – I'm unworthy of it. And expressing that was liberating in itself but can you kind of go deeper into that a little bit about that unworthiness and how do we how do we heal that part so that Mm. we can cultivate the capacity to experience the fullness of love that is available it just seems so impossible at times especially when we're feeling unworthy
1: Mm. thank you for sharing that and Most people are not aware of this. And then what happens for every listener here? um, Self-sabotaging behavior in that sense. Now we have to be very careful with the word self-sabotage. There is a lot of... There can be a lot of negative associations with it. Whenever I refer to the word self-sabotage, this is not something that is done consciously. No one consciously self-sabotages themselves from not experiencing, from, from ex- sabotages their success or um, the experience of deep intimacy or deep love. This is an unconscious process or a subconscious process that is occurring. But the the, the crucial thing about this is, Most people have this unworthiness that you described, have that so deeply ingrained that in that moment when it comes up, they cannot hear this voice or whatever it is that clearly says, oh, I don't deserve this. Because if you have the awareness of it, you realize, oh, wow, there is something coming up right now. You can share that and you can work with that. Everything is possible when you've got the awareness, but nothing is possible where there is no awareness Mm -hmm. because what happens naturally is then we fall into our conditioning. And what many people then do is, for instance, the way this shows up, this is very, very, this goes very, very deep. It's difficult to just nail that down in a sentence, but for instance, for a lot of people that activates the fear of commitment. So, this is a very common one. People want to experience deep intimacy, but they also have a strong fear of commitment. (laughs) It's a very Mm -hmm. conflicting reality. Right. So now in that moment, say someone else in that moment who hasn't done the work or hasn't gotten to a level where they have that awareness, it's use your example to make this as practical for the listener as possible. They're in that same situation. Your partner or your man is sharing these amazing things that they want to support you really powerfully. And, and it's amazing, right? It's an amazing moment or it's supposed to be an amazing moment. Mm -hmm. And, and in that moment, this sense of unworthiness strikes or comes up, and um, that wound, that shadow, whatever label we want to give it, and someone is not aware, then what often can happen in those moments is um, that, that we interpret this feeling of unease with something not being right about the relationship yeah. or about the situation. And so many people leave great relationships because they are... They're not aware or able to discern between what is actually going on inside them. Yes. And this brings us to the question that I get, one of the questions I get asked the most, how do I know whether it's intuition or it's right for me, or it's my wounding, my trauma, whatever we want to call it. Right. It's perhaps the most asked question in any area that involves coaching or personal development, spirituality, relationship, work, whatever that is, right? And, and perhaps this is the most important skill because if in these moments, like for instance, you became aware of it and you shared that with your partner, paradoxically, that creates intimacy, mm-hmm. that invites connection. Right. Because people often think, oh, wow, I have to be perfectly healed. I have to get rid of that in order to experience deep intimacy. No, you have to be aware of it and be able to communicate that clearly, taking ownership of it. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about communicating from a place of fix me, save me. Right. But for instance, hey, this is what's happened. I really, for instance, in your situation, I mean, these were not the words you said, obviously, but for instance, someone might say, listen, I'm, I'm feeling so much love coming from you right now and I'm feeling so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling so much fear. I'm having this fear that you might abandon me or that I'm not worthy of this. And, and what if I get hurt? I just want to share it with you because I'm really not used to so much love. Yeah. And when someone is able to voice that, boom, everything shifts. Yeah. The other person is like, oh, wow. Because the other person can always pick it up. This is the other thing. <laughs> Mainly we communicate we communicate mainly through our body mm. through our other some people from physiology or through, i like to say through our body mm-hmm. our body always tells the deepest truth so if you in that moment feel unease your partner is showering you with love you don't know what's going on you are not Taking responsibility or re- expressing what is going on or doing your work, so now your partner's nervous system will pick up your nervous system, or they will respond to your body, and this creates then conflict, which is really difficult to navigate, and this creates this confusion. Why do people experience so much confusion? This is a perfect example of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. But back to what was your question exactly? So just to make sure that I can answer, that I answer that practically.
2: Yeah, I th- it was just about how do we start to heal that unworthiness and i think you spoke to it a little bit of about one it's voicing it like and i think i've learned that in those moments because there is safety it is it is a safe place to express it and and i don't that i'm by expressing that this is a feeling i'm not devaluing what he's offering or saying that this isn't it's just I'm sharing what is currently coming up and it needs to come up so that I can (laughs) allow it to move through me so that I can feel what's on the other side of that feeling. And when I shared that with him, it was – I think a lot of – there's this weird sensation, right, that I get – that I got in that conversation was that there was part something in me that wanted to like vomit, that wanted to come out, that wanted to like express, and there was part of me that was afraid of that bigness, the bigness of that, the intensity of that love, of that emotion, of the the complexity of it all, of not knowing can I hold it if, if this love comes out or if... If I allow myself to receive that deeply, Hmm. there then is a shadow, uh, uh, a part, a survival part that wants to come up and protect it, that wants to say like to control it so that it doesn't leave or that this purity of this love isn't stained or tarnished, right? And then there's this fear part that comes up of if I let myself receive that fully and that purely... When is the is there something that's going to come and take it away? And so I could feel these internal things conflicting inside of me and like dancing and moving, right? And so I was trying to give language to it. And I still, obviously, I still am in some ways processing this. And um, yeah, I think ultimately what I was really speaking to is that unworthiness. How do we? move that out of our experience so that we can cultivate the capacity for more of that yeah. love.
1: Yeah, you said it there really powerfully already. It's, I call this the connection method. This is how I call it. Um, I've created this, this method, which is really simple, which is very similar to what you described. It's basically when you experience something that you share with your partner, two things in that moment. You share what is going on inside your body and you share in that moment um what story you are creating about this situation. Mm-hmm. This I mean this is especially this is especially useful in moments of, of disconnect, for right. instance. But we can talk about that later. But by sharing something like that, and you said the bigness of that, the intensity of that, by just voicing that and then our, then noticing that our partner holds us in that expression and more importantly loves us in that expression. They're like, they're like, wow, you can literally see how they feel relieved, how they feel at ease, how they feel like, oh wow, thank you for telling me that, or 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 whatever it is that they express in that moment. It's just often it is just this experience in that moment, this nanosecond of feeling like, wow, I'm expressing my unworthiness in that moment. And in that moment there is a love during your expression of the unworthiness, which paradoxically um, almost, so to speak, dissolves the -hmm. unworthiness. Mm -hmm. Of course, not once and for all. This is deeply ingrained within us all, and it's a journey. Right. But it's one of the – I like to say this might be a bit poetic when I say it in this way, but it's one of the most sacred experiences to realize – that we are still beautiful in our suffering or that our soul is still beautiful in our suffering, mm-hmm. right? That's a very spiritual way to put it. Mm-hmm. But what I ultimately am referring to here is, it's like this: we often have these ideas that we are only worthy of something if. Right. like, There are these conditions. But you are also worthy of it if you feel unworthy of it. And this experience of sharing that and them loving you and holding you in that expression teaches, so to speak, your heart, your body, your nervous system that and just that experience and to have that experience again and again and again just really creates a huge shift. And this is exactly... Back to the first thing we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, this is cultivating the capacity to receive and experience deep and safe intimacy on a sustained basis. Yeah. This is a huge part of it.
2: Yeah, it really is. And I could feel that back from him in that moment. I could feel that opening and the dis- dissolution of that unworthiness in the moment because it was met with love and awareness <laughs> from both sides yeah. and that was really beautiful. One thing I want to talk about is the role of threat in relationships and you were talking about how regardless of if you're aware of what you're sharing, like your, your partner can pick up on your body, it can pick up on your nervous system. Uh, you, your nervous system can pick up on things that are happening, f- whether it's from your partner. They say uh, make a comment. Someone else comes into you know your experience like you're hanging out with somebody and this triggers something or, and that c- the can feel like a threat to your nervous system. It can feel like a threat to the unit or to the relationship, and oftentimes that brings us to a place of conflict? And how do we resolve that conflict? How do we communicate in times of stress? How do we create space where we don't make our partner the enemy, right? And we really work towards what is the – what's the thing that's coming up so that we can address it so that there can – we can create more harmony and peace within the relationship. What role – is how does threat to our nervous system impact our relationships, and how do we start to identify? I, I want to go deeper into what you were saying about identifying. Is this a threat, or is this and like is this an intuit, intuition that something is wrong in the relationship, and I need to protect myself, and I need to protect what we have, or is this just pinging like a an old pattern or an old trigger, old wound, it's not actually a threat to the system, right? It's not a threat to to us as a unit. Does that make sense? Like can yeah, I- it makes perfect okay.
1: sense. It makes perfect sense. And I wish I had the the, the magic bullet mm. for this um, f- for this question. But the thing is, this is an individual journey for every single individual. But I can give practical examples where people will potentially be able to understand this deeper and take in what they can do in their own journey. Now, let's use the example because this is different from every individual to every uh, from the individual to individual, right? One individual might have a strong fear of commitment, for mm-hmm. instance, and. Their practice is to learn to discern whether something is actually a threat in the relationship, like you mentioned. In threat meaning I'm not not in a threat meaning that this is unsafe, that this is truly unsafe for for your heart, right? For your heart, let's call it your heart in that moment for simplicity. That is unsafe for your heart. That is not what you want to be experiencing in your intimate life. Or if the fear of commitment is being is being is being activated right Perfect. and this can be this can be very challenging to discern Mm -hmm. and this takes a lot a lot a lot of practice and i like to use it in the in this way um when i i describe when i describe self-sabotage i i always use the the shadow I I describe it as the shadow within us. And the shadow within us, I like to describe, is the thing that stops us from our own evolution. Our deepest evolution, from my understanding, or part of our deepest evolution, is through deep intimacy, deep love, in the container of a relationship. That's why it can sometimes feel like there is a part within us, back to your first question there, that there is a part within us that really desires this. And there is a part within us that almost fights against and this. Runs and perfect. sometimes it fights almost with an aggressiveness towards it. Yes. Where you you have to ask yourself, oh, because sometimes people say, oh, it's just your nervous system trying to protect you. Oh, it's a, just a sweet protection mechanism. But if you look at it really deeper, it's like, whoa, that doesn't feel like a protection mechanism. Mm-hmm. That feels really brutal and aggressive. Yes. What is going on inside me? Almost like an energy or a force in that moment that boom, yeah. wants to move me away or create any form of havoc or destruct- destruction or whatever that is. Yes, That is what I refer to as the shadow within us. Now, if some people call it a protection mechanism, it doesn't matter. <laughs> What's important is that we are aware of this. And what the shadow likes to do within us, it likes to use our core wounds to quote-unquote sabotage or or prevent us from experiencing deep and safe intimacy because for everyone listening why to 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 make that understandable on a practical level why is the deepest evolution awakening expansion of consciousness or improvement of your life on all levels happening in in a in a conscious relationship where there is deep love and safe intimacy it's very simple because in an environment of consistent and sustained deep love and intimacy you start to quite naturally become more of who you truly are you peel the layers back and you really start to bring your your most authentic expression or you connect with your most authentic core Mm -hmm. you you feel home in your most truthful expression because you don't have to put on an act Mm -hmm. or anything along those lines to be loved you're loved for who you are yeah and now this is why the deepest evolution happens and this is the most important thing for people to learn to discern, okay, is this my shadow trying to sabotage or trying to quote unquote prevent me from experiencing my deepest evolution, experiencing deep and safe intimacy, what I know in my heart I I deserve or I really want or yearn to experience. Mm -hmm. And we just have to be so mindful of that because it happens at such a subtle level. Now to get even more practical, fear of commitment, very common someone with a strong fear of commitment meets another person and um, they share a really deep intimate moment something like what you just expressed before happens they feel a level of unease unease triggered by their own unworthiness and immediately there kicks in this this voice or this the shadow or there's a feeling of Oh wow! But I shouldn't be feeling this way mm-hmm. in the right relationship. Mm-hmm. And then they might even go to a friend and say, "Hey, you know, I had this experience. What do you think it means?" And the friend, I call this idiot compassion. This is what um, friends do, right? They, <laughs> it's when I refer to idiot, idiot compassion, basically means they don't give you the truth or really look at, okay, what is actually happening. Right. But they kind of support you nevertheless or reaffirm your story. Obviously, right. not every friend does that, but but many friends will do that especially those who have no coaching background or anything along those lines, they will just reaffirm your reality. So you you have a moment of triggered by your own unworthiness. You feel like you have this thought that comes up from the shadow. I call this, this comes from the shadow. Or a negative thought, you can also call it. If you don't like that concept of the shadow that I just described, and then it's like, oh, I, I, I shouldn't. In the right relationship, I shouldn't be experiencing this. So now you ask someone, "Hey, I just had this experience. Do you think I, this? Do you think that is normal when when in the right relationship?" And they say, "Oh no, you know what? That's not normal at all. You know, I think that's a really clear sign that this is not the right relationship." So you get your second affirmation, and all of that might be absolute be. at the (laughs) highest level suddenly there is a gigantic story suddenly it's like all the signs that it's not the right relationship it's not the right thing while in truth it's just your own unworthiness that was triggered in that moment boom but your shadow came alive your wound came alive and we completely misinterpret that and now we go the other way we go away from what it is that we actually want to experience right and so many people are so stuck in that in that dynamic or not aware of this and they're like oh my god I can't wait until the right person comes and then the moment the shadow comes in and says oh but you shouldn't be experiencing this or or this and the most important skill is to be able to discern is this my shadow and it comes in the most subtle and sneaky ways Mm -hmm. or is this really unsafe for me or not what I truly want to experience in my heart right. and when you can answer that question in every moment that is when you experience what I call clarity in your heart space and those who experience clarity in their heart space always experience or ex- naturally experience the intimate life they truly want to experience. It's mm-hmm. it's going amazing in their intimate life mm-hmm. because there is no longer this confusion. Right. Because with clarity, we can make clear decisions that are aligned with what we truly want to experience.
2: Right. It can feel energetically, like when we're not, when we, sometimes it's like a visceral feeling. Sometimes it's a, like right in front of, like it's physical, like we're right in front of our face and we, sometimes it's physiological, but more so for me, it's, this this knowing it's like the muddied waters of the energy of the things that like are pre- the shadow is preventing me from experiencing and I'm finally this is the really all of my relationships have served me and taught me so many things but I feel like I am for the first time in a conscious relationship where we are both in our own ways really doing this work and have a container to openly safely discern it what what is this really about is this really a threat or is this something that's coming up in me that needs to be you know moved through so it's like so that the muddied waters can clear so that I can have that hmm. clarity in my heart space so that I can feel that and you're right I mean this is a process and it is a journey and I feel like I am so much on the cusp of clearing out a lot of old, muddied shit, honestly. And it feels great and it feels so unfamiliar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I know it's the path though. Like I know this is – because I know what doing the opposite is. I know what doing I've always done and feel like allowing myself to go into story and create a Story for why this, you know, isn't going to work out. Or da, 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 da. I know what that does for me, it gets me more of the same. And so I'm tr- really trying to lean into doing things differently and allowing myself to feel really ask myself, since what is this? What's going on here? And make intentional choices from that space into, instead of reactive decisions, which is easier said than done. But I f- I feel like I'm in that container which I'm super super grateful for. And I can't express how much for those listening how important it is uh and to to find a person or to be in re- to choose to be in relationship with somebody who's also willing to do that with you uh and wants that too. But I would love to talk about one aspect of the shadow, which is this thing that I have, and this is just me being so vulnerable. And like y'all are getting like really (laughs) me just sharing, you know, what this looks like and has looked like practically in my relationships in the past is when my shadow sometimes comes up and gets activated, what that presents as as a with is a withholding of love. And I have watched how that has deteriorated and ruined some of the most precious relationships in my life. And what practically what that has looked like is something will happen, something I will, you know, my nervous system will get triggered or pinged or it feels like a threat even though it's not, like my nervous system is picking that up as a threat. And then I'll get upset. Or I'll get frustrated, right? And then I'll hold on to that feeling. And then I'll withhold love or coming back into connection coming. It's like when my partner will be like, "Come back to me," and I will want to hold on to it, right? And I will I won't give the connection or the the affection or the love that they're craving, and then that's where I ha- have seen the deterioration of relationships
1: happen for me. Mm, sometimes sometimes the only way we know that reminds me of something, sometimes the only way we know how to get our needs met is by withdrawing our love, by shutting down and deep down hoping that they are going to come and rescue us mm. from that experience. Now, I'm not sharing this about your experience. I'm sharing this for everyone listening in this in this context. And that can also be a huge thing yeah. to... That, that that often underneath something like that, because people might be thinking, oh yeah, but why is he, she withholding their love?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Perhaps it's the only way they know to um, express their needs or what it is and what it is that they truly want. Because deep down, there is a desire for love. That's the paradox. Right. Sometimes we withhold our love in order to be, because we want to be showered with love. But of course, it exactly. doesn't work that way.
2: Well, and that's the conflict that I have lived with internally in the past, which I am starting to finally (laughs) like release, but I've heard myself say in the past, welcome to the nightmare of being me. It's like I crave this and I do this to my – and I withhold it. Why would I do it? Why would I – what I am the one that is keeping myself from this love that I crave. And when I'm most, I think, honest and i this is a very dark aspect of my shadow that exists but i think there is part of it that does that to punish my partner for something
1: hmm. i was just about to mention that
2: and i don't know and when i ask myself why why would i want to punish this person who i know loves me who I know deeply cares for me. I don't know if I've sat with that enough because that is one thing that I have has come up for me and that I'm con like processing right now. So yeah, I would love for you to speak to that a little bit about yeah, I would say it's not that.
1: you we never want to of course punish at right. a conscious level right. the person that we love. No. It's the shadow. It's the shadow and you see I call this shadow play. (laughs) You can see it as a theater. What the shadow wants, it wants power. It wants, no, it also wants to play the victim. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where it is, but in any scenario that doesn't resemble deep intimacy, which means deep, which means evolution, which means returning to who we truly are. Now, I, I like to say, I like to describe it in this way. Um, In these moments, for instance, of withholding love, that can be an unconscious, we're not doing this consciously, but a way of, so to speak, of our shadow gaining control Mm -hmm. of our partner's shadow. So now our shadow can use this all the time against our, our partner's shadow. If our partner gives into that or or their or they take on the role of and they're like, why why you why what's going on? What did I do wrong? And often often that is exactly exactly their core wound, right? Shadow chooses shadow, right? And their core wound is that they always blame themselves. It's all their fault and they want to please everyone and the other person is withdrawing their love. So now we've got this amazing shadow play. Yep. One is withdrawing the love and in that power dynamic is, so to speak, at the top. But there's no one winning here. Right? No. <laughs> it look, might look like it, but there is. it's all illusionary anyway. And then the other person goes into the role of, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's going on? Do you still love me? Are you going to abandon me? Often people have a strong abandonment wound will, will end up uh, or will tr- experience these kind of relationship cycles as a way of, as an invitation to work through their abandonment wound. And then I call it the, the shadow play. It's, it's a theater, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's an optimal way to keep um, each other in a total state of suffering <laughs> and yes. disconnect, which, which, which is a form of self-sabotage. Because if we are in a deep state of disconnect and withholding our love, then we obviously can't experience deep and safe intimacy. And in where we cannot evolve right. and expand yeah. at the highest level. That's and- so true. We we do this all the time. We do this all the time. Like people use the word emotional manipulation. And of course, there are people who use this at a conscious level, which is of course horrendous to use emotional manipulation at a conscious uh, level. I'm going to manipulate this person. But that's not what I'm referring about. Our shadow, but on our shadow is the worst manipulator. And you mm-hmm. see this play out all the time. All the time, it manipulates to get its needs met, to feel powerful, to, get, to have a sense of control, to feel better about itself. It's, it's incredible if you look at what it does. Yeah. And
2: it's insidious. It's, it's sneaky. What,
1: what I like to say here is, and that's perhaps the most important thing. Perhaps this is the most important thing of this podcast. We need to protect our partner from our shadow. If we cannot protect our partner from our shadow or our own wounds, the relationship will deteriorate. The relationship will most likely gain negative, what I call negative momentum, which means there is disconnect and there is more disconnect, which leads to more disconnect. And eventually there is no intimacy. There is no polarity anymore. And it's so crucial because people talk about honoring their partner, honoring this and that. And I know this is harsh language, but we are not honoring shit mm-hmm. if we are not able to protect our partner from our own wounding. Mm-hmm. Because if we can't do that, then we are projecting all the time. Right. Of course, no one is perfect. We all have our things. As long as we're aware, we're taking responsibility, we're we're, we're apologizing, we're taking ownership, all is good. But it's really that skill of protecting our partner from from our own shadow because what does what that does is it protects the relationship it really does
2: yeah yeah because we have had these discussions it's like that will be the thing that takes us down regardless of if it's him doing that to me and his shadow is affecting you know me or vice versa that will be the thing that implodes us and it's like we want to protect this thing there are outside forces there are things that will happen in life that we cannot control right that are beyond what you know we have consciously decided on and my deepest fear is i don't want to be the reason for the thing <laughs> for this imploding i don't want to be my own enemy right the thing that i'm fearing that's going to come in and destroy it the thing that i'm afraid might come in and take this love away that that enemy or that I, it could also is also my shadow that mm. that could take that and so i i think you're so right in terms of protecting your partner from your wounding and working actively to heal your wounding and all of that can we talk on a very practical level though about in the moment right when you might be experiencing this disconnect you might be feeling the desire to withdraw how can we bridge that gap and come back together in those moments instead of letting that be prolonged, letting that the length of time for that disconnect to, to go like lengthen, how do we shorten those, you know, those interactions in the moment? What can, can we do to come back together?
1: Yeah. Step number one is to really be aware of your body language in that moment. Most people put an overemphasis on trying to communicate the right words Mm -hmm. saying the right things. But the thing is when we are highly triggered or our shadow is very active, um, then what we're communicating for our body is often a withdrawal, a shutting down, a sense of protecting ourselves or pushing the other person away. Yeah. That's what we're communicating. So you will notice that when people are in conflict, you will notice the body language, for instance, their arms are crossed. Okay. They're often protecting their lower stomach, right? This is the same for humans and animals. And we are also animals in that sense. Um, our lower stomach, the center of our, of our emotions, of our most vulnerable emotions as well. And what we tend to do is we protect this, this part. So what, what you will often notice, notice is someone's body language will be a, Complete disconnect, pushing the other person away, withdrawal, and they're trying to say the right things. We're okay. And that's why it's so
2: good. It's all yeah. fine. I I understand, exactly. and yet, yeah, we're sitting. Everything and, and about yet, us says things yet, are not as we, fine.
1: <laughs> Exactly, and yet, as we know, and as I described before. What we hear always the highest truth, or what communicates at the, what we receive at the highest level from our partner is always their body's truth, right. what is really alive in their body. So they might say the right things, let's reconnect, I love you, I'm sorry, whatever. Mm -hmm. But their body is telling you a different truth, Mm -hmm. which of course creates distrust, unsafety, or even more importantly, creates confusion in that moment. Because you feel like something is not right, but you hear potentially the right words, which can cause a really confusing experience. So the importance is not to focus on the words, the importance is to so to speak literally ensure that our body language is inviting to connection and to deep intimacy what does this mean number one we can also call this pattern interrupt because we're interrupting the pattern in that moment what we tend to do when we go into an argument or really triggered state is um our shoulders move upwards our body gets tensed when we look at how trauma works or how triggers work, they work in a very specific way. Our muscle tonus is activated in a very specific way. This is all conditioning. So it's almost like our body will have the same response if we respond the same way. Now, what is a pattern interrupt, for instance? We relax the shoulders. We no longer protect the lower stomach with our arms. We expose the lower stomach. Now, this is a total interrupt of the pattern because your body has been primed that with kind of all that protection and and tension in your body comes um, a trauma response or comes a specific fear of wounding alive or the same pattern. But now, if you interrupt that pattern, as simple as just exposing your lower stomach, mm-hmm. literally, and 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 relaxing, bringing your shoulders down, mm-hmm. in that moment, in a nanosecond, your partner will receive will receive the message from your body, and the highest truth is, I want to connect. And then, let's make this even more powerful. That's not enough per se. It might be enough, but then, what are the four most powerful words? I just said them. I want to reconnect i want to reconnect yeah or i want to connect
2: yeah
1: right now make it simple no big story no big explanation or anything first look, interrupt the pattern with your body and then for instance say i want to reconnect
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: and this is an one of the most powerful ways to in that moment re-establish connection because that is what we ultimately want and then Also, by doing that, we start to prime our body. We start to teach our body and nervous system that conflict or challenging moments don't lead to escalation. They don't lead to sleepless nights, ultra trauma responses. No, because here is the thing. I do this work with clients. If a client has an extreme strong response, trigger response or trauma response to something, as I mentioned their body has been primed and conditioned in that way. But if you now so to speak reprime that and they have the same experience, but now suddenly they experience safety, they experience connection. It's like it just falls away. Right. If we can, so to speak, rewrite, it's not about getting rid of it, it's replacing rewriting that habituation or habit. Mm-hmm. And then wow, our our Imagine that level of trust for the listener. Imagine you are not suddenly afraid when there is a moment of conflict. You know you can deal with it because guess what? You're going to communicate when you feel that way. You are going to communicate through your body. Okay, I'm open for deep intimacy. I'm open for connection. Guess what you experience? You experience more of it. And then becomes the opposite of what so many people don't know or don't know at an embodied level most people experience negative momentum deteriorating their relationship (laughs) because these patterns keep coming and then the fear of the pattern starts to become another layer. It's not just a pattern. It's now I'm afraid of this. I'm already afraid of it about it might happen again. Mm-hmm. And then when it happens, and it's just a, a, a negative spiral. downward spiral. Yeah. We can use this in the other way around. If we can teach or prime ourselves, okay, conflict means we can reconnect or we can even reconnect deeper because we understand important values about ourselves. We understand what's important for each other. We learn to navigate. Wow then suddenly we can use that for us. And then we create, so to speak, positive momentum is one way to, or we use momentum for us. And then these micro moments start to work for us, start to work for us. And sooner than later, you start to experience a, sustained reality of deep and safe intimacy again it's not perfect sure but if you experience most of the time deep connection deep intimacy then a moment of tension you're gonna say fuck it yeah you're just gonna say fuck it you there is not gonna be a big emotional charge that comes with it yeah because you will be like yeah whatever it's there it was there it was uncomfortable but fuck it but if you experience it all the time of course that's another story
2: it feels like what you were just describing in terms of the positive momentum, and how we can flip that what feels like a downward negative spiral to a positive one is also i don't feels like the energy of creation versus destruction right and when you do get into that upward spiral you're creating yes new evidence you're creating as opposed to breaking down and that, I think, is what we all want so badly. I think we are so afraid, so many of us, of conflict because of the evidence we've had in our past that this leads to something
1: bad. hundred percent.
2: So we avoid, we avoid it, right? Like, let's not deal with it. Let's sweep it under the rug. Let's say it's okay, even though my body is saying it's not okay, <laughs> right? And then we get into this very dis-like, dis, oriented state with our partner very confused and that sometimes that level of confusion can just lead to the ending of a relationship because i just don't want to feel this confused i just don't want to feel this unease or i don't want to feel like you know i'm so afraid like you said it's another layer afraid of this happening again and now it's not just that it's happening it's now this this anticipation that now this is a pattern this is something we do right and i don't And I think ultimately we all really want peace and harmony within our relationships. And what I've learned is that we have a lot of unlearning to do about the ways that we disrupt our own
1: peace. (laughs) Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, this is so important, so tangible, so real. I know I'm not alone in experiencing a lot of this. We all have our own shadow that we're we're dealing with. It almost feels like the shadow, the ego can be this enemy we're battling or fighting against, right? Because it's like, I don't want that shadow to win. I don't want that to be the thing that destroys me or destroys this relationship or this love or this thing, this pursuit that I'm on. I've also heard that we shouldn't make getting rid of the ego or the shadow the goal but we should learn to integrate it and love it what is your take on that and how do we not make these darker aspects of ourselves these unhealed aspects the enemy and how do we learn to integrate them a little bit
1: more i like to say I refer to it all as shadow, but people can use the word ego. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Just use whatever feels right to you for the (laughs) listener. I like to say the shadow is not your friend and neither your enemy. Mm. It's something in between. (laughs) And the reason it's a paradoxical answer, but the reason why one or the other is going to cause a lot of suffering is because if you believe your shadow is your friend, you're going to follow it and you're going to follow it into absolute suffering. Right. Because so many, it doesn't want, it doesn't lead us anywhere. Good. It just leads us to suffering, disconnect, pain, and the repetition, cyclical suffering, cyclical pain, the repetition of that again and again and again. But if now, like you mentioned, when we make our shadow the enemy, or we see it as the big threat and we need to get rid of it, that is perhaps the biggest illusions of all because it's our own shadow that <laughs> that tries then to get rid of itself, so to speak. And well, and you think
2: about your actual shadow. It's connected to you. Like you can't – when you turn around and you're in the sun, you can see your shadow there. It's yeah. not something I can just cut
1: off from. <laughs> yes. And get rid and of it. It's it's somewhat an interesting relationship that we could with our shadow because if we say just love it and love all of it mm-hmm. – I think love is a very strong word because who is going to love the part inside yourself that tells you literally when you really disn-for instance, it might tell you you're a piece of shit, you're unworthy, mm-hmm. and then you will f- forever end up alone and then you will die miserably. I mean, this is a very harsh example, but so many people have these thoughts. Yeah. They're either not aware of them or they haven't had the ability, or or it's not it's not very common in today's society to communicate that, right? It can feel a bit intense, like, whoa. <laughs> right. But the truth is. Almost everyone gets these thoughts in some shape or form, right? Mm-hmm. I'm unworthy. I'm worth nothing, or whatever. And however way that shows up, um, they experience that in some shape or form. Yeah. And um, to say I love that is a very, it's very, it's it's perhaps very intense to say that because it's impossible to kind of. It's like in my body, it doesn't feel right to say mm-hmm. I love that because it's not true. I say I, I might say I love it, but am I really loving that? No, I'm not. Right. I don't love that. Well, it feels like a, of a big
2: swing f- of the pendulum, right? From yeah. <laughs> it feels like a very hard. It's like when I'm not feeling love for myself, right? And I'm like really in self hatred, saying, "Oh, I love myself." Doesn't make doesn't feel true for me. But exactly. I found it's more about coming into neutrality. Exactly instead of trying to get to i love and this and
1: that's it and that's it it's that place of neutrality which some people call the observer it's not giving it any significance and meaning but at the same time not underestimating it and thinking oh it has no power over you i'm all I, i'm i'm better i'm more powerful mm-hmm. than it anyway it's that kind of really powerful sweet spot where you're like aha here's where you're like You are humbling yourself to know, okay, my shadow will get activated and will strike in challenging moments and might try to lead me to make a decision that is not in alignment with my heart. But at the same time, I'm not going to give it too much significance. I'm not going to follow it. I'm not going to believe Mm -hmm. it. And it gets you into what you described powerfully into a somewhat neutral state. Mm -hmm. And that is the most powerful state when the shadow can speak or does whatever it wants. It's somewhere in the background, but it has no longer an impact on the decisions in your life. And then I would argue you don't have to get rid of your shadow. It can even be there. It can tell you all these things. Who cares? If you have learned to disidentify with it, notice that you are not it mm-hmm. because this might be even more important for the listener. Mm-hmm. The moment you realize that you are not it, you it doesn't have power over you. Mm-hmm. What the shadow always wants is for you to identify or wants needs in order to succeed in whatever it does, in order to create suffering or disconnect. <laughs> Succeed is maybe not the best word for this, but it needs you to identify with it. Mm. And the moment we realize, okay, wow, I'm having these thoughts, but that's not actually who I am or what I want to create, what I choose in my heart to create, and then we choose differently, we consciously create like you mentioned, then it doesn't matter. So what? You've got a shadow. It doesn't matter. It's not impacting your life. Well,
2: it's not in the driver's seat anymore, right? It's like, yeah. I can witness this. I can feel when my shadow is driving the car, right? And it is reckless yeah. and it is destructive and it is running over things. And I think part of coming into, for 2023, one of my words for the year is power and really living from a state of power is recognizing when that's happening and, and say, with compassion shadow i n- i see what you're trying to do and you like i am in control here i am in my power i'm going to drive this ship and you i'm going to buckle you up and put you in the back seat like you're coming with me you're not i don't get to throw you out of the car right you don't i'm not you're not going to get i can't leave you on the side of the road but i can put you buckle you up in the back seat and you're not in you're not driving this anymore. And that yes. is more of, I think, the place that we are all working to get to where I, my powerful, centered, whole self, Is the one that is making these conscious choices and decisions, knowing that I, you know, I have respect for this aspect that's behind me, that's, you know, trying to influence me, but I don't have to let it dictate how I choose to run my life and live my life. And yeah, have respect for it, have that it is humble and it is like humble myself that it is strong and wants to like kick and scream and get out and come to the front seat. Right. But, I am the one, like I am, it's like this loving, more like eternal parent that's like, no, I'm in control here.
0: Yes.
1: And you said it there, parent. I like that because it's like boundaries have to be set, Mm -hmm. right? You can't just let everything pass um, because that will lead to further problems. And it's exactly that. I'm in control. And this for everyone listening, this is how you create a new reality for yourself. Mm -hmm. This is exactly how it works. It's as simple as that, as choosing from, some people call it higher self, your wholeness, your authentic self or whatever. It's choosing from that place, creating consciously from that place and not giving significance to that shadow that Mm -hmm. is a part of this experience. And yeah, yeah, that's it.
2: Oh man, this is so powerful. So important. Is there anything else you would like? to share on any of the things that we've talked about whether it's self-sabotage or shadow or creating and cultivating capacity for deep love and intimacy. I know this is what you do so so well. So if you have any last final thoughts for our listeners and then obviously I want you to please share about your upcoming programs and and your mm-hmm. work and how people can connect because I know you've got a really amazing mother wound workshop coming up. I know you have other things happening, so Uh, I want you to talk about that too, but what are, if you have any final words, please feel free to share.
1: Final words would be that. We shift our reality and we create the intimate life we want to experience in those moments where everything inside us wants to shut down, everything inside us wants to disconnect. But in those moments, we lean in, we open. Of course, it has to be with someone who is safe. At a fun- there's a fundamental level of safety and respect and love in the relationship. But if in these moments we, t- we, 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 we take this or we, we show up in this courageous way, that is where we literally shift our reality. It is within these moments. There is not a single individual who has created the intimate life they want to experience who hadn't had to go through this experience. I call these initiations, so Mm -hmm. to speak. They are initiations. So it's in those moments where, for instance, you have to set a boundary and all your life you've been a pleaser and you stand up for yourself. You speak your truth it's that courage is required there at the same time walking away from something that is not right for you it is in in that moment to walk away with courage even though you might be anxious and the way i like to describe this is when the shadow strikes the hardest the opportunity for growth is the highest Mm. why because when we are about to really evolve at a spiritual level the shadow tends to strike at the strongest in order to one last time keep us from any revelationary experience, understanding (laughs) of ourselves that will improve our lives for the better. So it is within these moments, literally, where we notice, wow, my shadow is striking so hard where we can literally in those moments remind ourselves, even though that is easier said than done. Wow. Wow it's becoming really active on the other side here might be a huge piece for me that will forever change my life. And what I will lastly add here, that the moments which have really transformed my life, and I'm sure you will agree, and most listeners will agree, were moments where initially I felt a lot of fear, very challenging emotions, but then somewhat I took the courageous action Mm -hmm. and shifted that. And Mm -hmm. these are what I call initiations. And it is within these moments where we truly truly, truly shift our intimate life and where we regain trust in ourselves that we can create this and that we are conscious creators, which we are truly are. I mean, it's not even a question. It's something you just naturally start to experience once you step into that.
2: Yeah. Happens in these micro moments. It really does. Yes,
1: it does. And it's, it's like the whole universe sings. The whole universe celebrates in these micro moments. It's like literally these micro moments is... Is why we're here. (laughs) They're they're everything. They're everything. And they seem so micro, right? And they seem in the eyes of society as, oh, wow, yeah, you can't really describe the importance of that. But deep inside you, you know the importance of it. You know that just changed your life and that will forever change your life. And, yeah, that's the inner path. That's the inner journey. And... Yeah, that's what I would share. I feel that very important.
2: That's what you do for so many of us is help us to become more aware of these moments, of our shadow, of how we can integrate, how we can cultivate more love, more deep intimacy, more of who we are. What do you have coming up that people can learn about and know more about so that they can work with you if they want to or just know about kind of how they can get involved in your work?
1: Yeah, you mentioned already the upcoming virtual workshop, the Healing the Mother Wound, which is for both um, women and men. I will go into the subtle differences in how it shows up for women and men, how it expresses itself. So it's really powerful you understand it, how it shows up inside yourself, whether you're a man or a woman, and also how potentially in your partner. This might show up and how their healing journeys is different in certain levels, areas than yours. And it's also the mother wound has a lot to do with unworthiness. It's one of the biggest creators of any unworthiness we experience regardless of I'm not worthy of love. So this is a huge piece of the workshop as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm hosting one on the 8th of January for um, the American European times on the 15th of January for the Australasian 2023 New, new year. And, and apart from that, I also have programs coming up. The best way to check this out is just lorincren.com um, slash trainings. And then you can see all my upcoming trainings. Mm. Awaken Masculine Program. This is for men. Awaken Feminine Program in February for women. And um, Couples Program will come out in, I think it's, yeah, it's July. So basically, mm-hmm. literally everything. We've got our, mm-hmm. I've got a membership and all of that. So just on the website, lorincren.com or lorincren.com slash trainings. And Otherwise, where I announce a lot is, is Instagram, for instance, or any other social media is just loading Kren.
2: Yes. We will put all of that information in the show notes. it super easy for you guys to get a hold and participate in these programs. If you have a desire to continue to work on your shadow, to continue to work through some of your wounding and create more of the love that you crave because you do deserve it. And, um, Lauren, thank you. Just thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for your work and for your wisdom for sharing this space with me and being a beautiful reflection of the, the, divine masculine and just what it can look like when we operate and live um from this space. So just thank you my friend. Mm. You're welcome back anytime. And wow, thank um, you. I really an really honor. appreciate you. You guys, if you love this podcast, please let us know. Follow us online at the coachable podcast. You can share, tag this Taglarine and myself, we would love to know what your takeaways are from this week's episode and how you are utilizing it in your life, because that is what this is all about: being coachable, learning how to do things better, learning how to grow, evolve, take the lessons, the opportunities, the moments, and make them, them meaningful. That is what being coachable is all about. Thank you for being a listener of this show. You can always say thank you by leaving a rating and review online on Apple or Pod- or Spotify. If you do take a a screenshot of your rating and review, send it to support at torygordon.com and we'll send you a free access code to get our find your purpose workshop uh, on torygordon.com. So just send that to support at torygordon.com and we would be happy to gift you that. Till next time, you guys go be coachable. I love you. See you next week on the Coachable Podcast.